Welcome to Co-op Energy Talk. I'm Rachel Johnson, the Member Relations Manager at Cherryland Electric Cooperative, and I'm joined today by our General Manager, Tony Anderson. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here once again. (laughs) We've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about energy issues that impact our co-op and our local community. Today, we want to change course a little and talk about something equally near and dear to our heart co-op issues. As an electric cooperative, we do things a little differently than other types of utilities. We're not-for-profit, we're owned by the members we serve, and we have very strong ties to the community in which we're established. And so that makes us a little different. And one of our core values as a cooperative is that we are member-owned and member-controlled. And this is the time of year, May and June, when our members get to exercise one of their most sacred responsibilities— voting for their elected representation on Cherryland's Board of Directors. In May, members receive our annual report with a mail-in ballot, and in addition to that, they can vote in person at our annual meeting, which this year we'll be holding on June 23rd at Incredible Mo's. So just to kind of kick us off, Tony, do you have any comments for our listeners about the importance of participating in our annual elections? Yeah, like any election, it's very important to vote. We only have seven uh, directors on the Cherryland Electric Cooperative Board, and each of them is, plays a vital importance in setting policy, budgets, and direction for the co-op. So obviously it's very important to vote. And I would point out that we have a mail-in ballot that 34,000 members get that mail-in ballot in their box at their home. 13 years ago, you had to come to the annual meeting to vote. People forget that, that in the years past, um, we would only get 500 people to vote. Now we get upwards of 1,700, still not a big percentage of the 34,000, but everybody's got a ballot in their hand and it's up to them to vote. So we're hoping that they do it. Sure, absolutely. And I mean, and it, like you said, it's just like any any election. If you don't vote, you're essentially giving up your opportunity to kind of voice where you stand and make sure the people who are elected represent you and what you stand for. Exactly. No vote is still a vote. Absolutely. There you go. No vote is still a vote. That's what we're going to call this podcast. Yeah, there you go. Uh, So speaking of the boardroom, we sometimes get questions from our members about why we don't open our board meetings to the public by allowing members to attend them or perhaps recording them and making them available for members to watch later. And aside from the fact that we're not a public entity and therefore not subject to the Open Meetings Act, I wonder if you want to just explain why doesn't Cherryland have open board meetings? Well, first, obviously, it's tradition. That's not the best excuse because we've always done it that way. I feel like we don't because it it changes the conversation. The seven board members are elected by the membership, and those seven people have a good debate back and forth on issues. And when you put news media in the room or if you put cameras in the room or just people who want to watch what's going on, I believe it changes the dynamics of the conversation. People aren't as free to speak because they're wondering how it will be reported out. And so it's my opinion that we get a better conversation when just the elected officials and staff is in the room. Well, and I would think too, not, I mean, just thinking of like the open kind of recorded or open meetings I've seen, not only do you find people maybe not willing to voice their opinion as freely because of concern about how it's reported out, but I also think it opens up a lot of opportunity for grandstanding. It does. doesn't necessarily move a conversation forward either. No, no. Um, And then the other thing I always kind of worry about with open meetings is if people feel they can't speak openly because it's 
being recorded, then where's that conversation happening if it's not happening in your boardroom? It's happening on the outside. You know, under the Open Meetings Act, if three or more of them get together, it's a violation of the act. So we've seen that happen from time to time in our community. But I also believe that there's two people getting together here and two people getting together there. And it it can, on divisive issues, breed that. I'm not saying it happens on, on a regular basis mm-hmm. with other entities, but the opportunities are there. I believe you push the conversation there when people don't want to speak in front of a camera or be recorded. Sure. Well, and certainly with an organization like Cherryland, who were not subject to Open Meetings Act, it wouldn't be a violation of Open Meetings Act for those conversations to leave our boardroom, but it probably wouldn't serve our members well if those conversations left our boardroom. Correct. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting you know, it, an interesting it, dynamic it, it, when you're not bound by open meetings. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the unwritten rule of, of any board is let's have the debate, let's have the discussion, and we can uh, disagree in the boardroom, but once that decision is made, whether it's – five, four, or four, three, or whatever the numbers happen to be, the board all has to support that. We have to leave the room, and we have to support that decision as we go out. And that doesn't always happen in the open meetings areas. You have some division in the newspaper and division on the street because people can't, people just aren't open to keeping their discussions inside the room. And just because our board meetings aren't necessarily um, public, I guess, doesn't mean that our members aren't represented in our boardroom, boardroom, obviously, because they are represented by the people who elect them. And that goes back to that kind of importance of voting and making sure you're, you're voting for people who you believe will act in your best interest in the boardroom. Yep, and speak up on your behalf in, the, in, that, in that boardroom. It's often like we in Lansing, you can go listen to the debate in Lansing in the House of Representatives or in the Senate but oftentimes we don't. We trust those elected officials to have those discussions and make the best decision possible on our behalf. That's why we elect them. Cherryland is not any different than that. Sure, absolutely. So then, you know, if, uh, if as our members obviously want to be involved, want to, you know, kind of have a sense of what's going on and give feedback, what are the ways that are available to them then to have a, have a little more impact in the boardroom or make their thoughts known or ask questions or things like that? Well, on an everyday basis, they can call or email their board member. Those numbers and email addresses are available on our website. That can be done on a daily basis. On a quarterly basis, if you want to sit in front of the full Cherryland Electric Cooperative Board, you can do that. We have a quarterly open input session. It starts at 9 a.m. in, uh, I believe it's March and June and September and whatever that's December, four, December <laughs> the next quarter as I'm trying to count. Uh, but anyway, there's those four opportunities where you don't even have to make an appointment. You can just show up and you can have a two-way conversation with the Cherryland board. And that's a little different than the Open Meetings Act where the conversations are only one way. You get public input and there's no back and forth with the board. Those four times a year, you get some back and forth. And if that doesn't work for you, we do have a, a board policy where you can make a request to the board president and, and the manager and request coming on one of the off quarterly times. You know, if you've got a burning issue that can't wait till December or the next quarter, we can make arrangements so you can come into the board and talk about that. Now, you don't get to stay for the full day, but you get some back and forth and good discussion on your topic or your issue. 
And and just to clarify, you don't get to stay for the whole day either way, regardless of whether you're staying, showing up and doing a quarter right. like a you know a, a quarterly input session or more of a scheduled input session. Correct. But I think I just want to kind of go back to something you mentioned already. What it, what has always impressed me with our board is how available they are to our membership in terms of like you said their email their their home cell phone numbers are available on our website and mm-hmm. for the most part what I have seen anytime I'm you know, for for whatever reason, brought into one of those conversations is that our board members really are responsive to our members and open to hearing from them. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, and I'm a Cherryland member as well as an employee here. So when I think about what I'm looking for out of a board member who's going to represent me, that's perhaps as much as wanting them to align with some of the values I have, I want them to make themselves available to me. And I will continue to support board members who do that. Yeah, certainly. They're your representative. So you have that right to, to talk to them. Yeah, and yeah. not not every um, entity's board members is is willing to publish their contact information like that. So I'm I think that's great that our board does that. I do as well. So obviously, if I'm thinking about giving input or want to make sure my voice is heard, the first thing I need to know is what are the things going on that the board is deciding on. And I, I think, um, you know, it's sometimes we we're on the other side of it, so we see all the things we're doing. But you know, as an average member who's out there, very very busy, they don't always see all the things we're doing mm-hmm. to kind of communicate out with them the types of things going on. So what what types? Of, where should members go if they want to know what's going on with their cooperative? They need to read the magazine. Number one, that the magazine comes to your door ten times a year. That's the easiest place to to know what's going on because we try to include all the pertinent stuff that you need to know in that magazine. Outside of the magazine, uh, there's our website. If you want to know what's going on in the boardroom, you can go to the board minutes that are posted on that website. Those board minutes are very are not detailed. They're just a, a good, solid outline of what happened. And it's good enough to generate questions. If we talk about net metering or uh, safety policy or whatever your topic is, and there isn't enough detail in the minutes, well, then ask. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all you have to do. There's enough detail in, in the minutes to generate questions and let you know what we're working on. Sure. And even while a lot of times I think the content in country lines, we might not explicitly say, this is what we're doing right now. If it's showing up in country, country lines, it probably means this is something on our radar right now, mm-hmm. right? And, and yeah. certainly in your manager's column, you're always talking about the topic of the day. Yeah. We always try to be proactive and letting our members know what our issues are. Sometimes we're not successful. Sometimes our members have different issues than, than we do. But we're trying to look ahead all the time in the magazine and on the website to get out in front of those issues. You mentioned the website. One of the new things we've done in the last less, you know, year and a half now is we've we've have a blog on our website. And one of the things I really like about the blog is, in addition to you know, again, us talking about the things going on, it's a way to communicate with our members. We we push that out through social media, but it also has a comment feature that allows our members to ask questions mm-hmm. and follow up and. We answer them directly, very, very quickly. With you know, within a business day, always. And so it's a it's a good way for members to stay in touch with us, but also have that kind of back and forth dialogue with us as well. Yeah, if you want to get your issue out in front of other members, that's a great way to do it because it's there, it's in writing, everybody can find it. And then I have an opportunity to input. Sometimes you do, and we can have that back and forth in writing where other people can come in later and and be educated and follow up. So I, I feel like the blog is very transparent and very open if people choose to use it. And it, and it, I love that you mentioned, too, that it's public and that other people can see that as well. So, yep. you know, there's, the, a, the there's a transparency. 
people in other countries yes. can see it. I mean, we, we, before we had the blog, obviously we still had a lot of avenues for our members to give us input, but a lot of them weren't visible to other members. No. So it's just another way of being really transparent, I think, mm-hmm. with how we um, communicate with our members. And we're, we're not afraid to have to answer questions. And yeah, I've had a lot of great phone calls with members, a good back and forth mm-hmm. when they call up on an issue. But then those phone calls are lost. It's not recorded for other people to learn from. And and, and that's the sad part of those. I, I still welcome mm-hmm. phone calls and, and in-person visits anytime. But when you can put it down in writing and save it for other people to see, it, it's just one step better. Sure. And, I, and one of the things I love on the blog and also I will say on our Facebook pages, I love when I see our members interact with each other too because then I, we, mm-hmm. you know, we get a sense of what are the things they care about and what are the things they're thinking about and they can – you know, we're, I mean, it's essentially we're all in this together, right? Mm-hmm. We're all we all belong to this cooperative, and it's about kind of making it better together. And so, it's a good chance not just to interact with us, but also to interact with other members. Absolutely. Um, so, a couple other things that I would tell, just kind of point out to our listeners. Uh, in addition to Country Lines, we send out an e-newsletter. So, if if we have your email address on file, we will email you Tony's manager's column. Um, updates about events, things like that. Links to this podcast. Links to this phenomenal podcast, yeah. So if we don't have your email, you should give us a call. Make sure we get that on file. Um, That way you know you're going to get the most up-to-date information as quickly as possible. Um, And then in addition to that, whenever we have a kind of a big issue, we're making a change or thinking about doing something or have questions, we will almost always hold a member information meeting about that. Mm -hmm. And we advertise those in our magazine, through our newsletter, through our social media, through our website. But that's an opportunity for members to come here in person with us, meet at our office, learn about learn about the change, ask questions. So, you know, for example, recently when we changed our net metering rate, we held a member information meeting in the basement. Our board members were present. We kind of explained the rate, answered any questions people had. So that's a, another in-person opportunity. Mm-hmm. And always be on the lookout for those um and, and we're always uh, available to go to where the members are as well. You know, and we've done that in the past. I've spoken at home associations, Kiwanis clubs, and to two or three people with an issue. Just a few months ago, we went to a member's house. They had an issue in their neighborhood. We sat down and visited with them in their kitchen. We're happy to go wherever the members want us. If you have one person who wants to talk or a hundred people who want to talk, uh, we will be there. And if we need to bring board members with us, we will do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we have nothing to hide. We just want to make, do whatever the member wants. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to, um, it's not unco- uncommon to see members coming here to meet with us in our office mm-hmm. any time of the day. So, I mean, the kind of, the takeaway message I would hope anyone listening to this gets is if you want us you can find us. And, and, if, and if you want, we'll come to you. And if you want to mm-hmm. come to us and if you want to do it online and if you'd rather do it in person, if you prefer the phone, if you, if you want to carry your pigeon, I will look into that as a form of communications to, to essentially wherever our members mm-hmm. are, we're willing to meet them there. Yep. We just don't let people sit in the board meeting all day. That's where we <laughs> always lose the conversation is, well, I can't sit in your board meeting all day. No, you can't because we need the most robust discussion possible in that boardroom and we just don't feel like we get it when people are in the room watching. Sure, and I would think the advantage to the members of, um, you know, maybe being able to, say, set up a meeting at, at their home with their neighborhood association is then they can have all of our attention focused on that issue that's important mm-hmm. to them as opposed to kind of having to have their issue get wrapped up into a bunch of other business decisions the board's having to make at any given meeting. Mm-hmm. When we go... Focus. Exactly. When we go talk to you about our upcoming work plan in your community, that's all we're there to talk to you about. And mm-hmm. so 
you get more detail, um, more personal attention. Absolutely. Uh, anything else you'd like to add in about all the things we're doing to communicate with our members and make sure that they're involved and know what's going on? I'm trying to think. No, we, we got the minutes on the web covered, quarterly member input, blog, e-newsletter, board member emails on the website. My email is there, and I email back and forth with a lot of members on a monthly basis. The, the I guess the point is pick how you want to communicate, pick your issue, and we'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason we expanded our, out, for example, our outreach communications into Facebook is because the feedback we got from our members was, this is where we want to talk to you about this. And so mm-hmm. we said, okay, we're going to figure yep. out how to do that. We'll, you know, we'll be available, answer questions there. I mean, I think the list is pretty long of places where members can access us and access information about what's going on with the co-op. Yeah. And then look at this podcast. I, I did a search on iTunes today, and there's no other podcast. You can search Co-op Energy and on iTunes, and you won't come up with any other podcast but ours. And that's just, you know, this is just another small niche. We're trying every little way we can to communicate with our members and be open to our members. And if members have an interest in a podcast topic, we're happy to do a podcast on that topic as well. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's a great kind of way to wrap this up, too. If, if anyone out there is listening and thinking, I really wish I knew where Rachel and Tony and Cherryland stood on this. Well, let us know in the comments below this podcast, and maybe maybe your idea will be featured in an upcoming episode of Co-op Energy Talk. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the only one on the web. No. <laughs> the only one I can find today. Yeah, no. And and again, it's just another another way, and we're always open to, to figuring out better ways to communicate with our members if they need it. Absolutely. So uh, with that said, uh, I think, uh, again, if you want to get a hold of us, don't, don't ever hesitate to let us know, and we'll find ways to, to make sure you can access information about what's going on with the co-op. But I think for this podcast, we are now to our favorite part of the episode, which is co-op fun facts. Tony, did you bring a fun fact? I did. Ted Case wrote a great book called Power Plays that ties into the, what we're talking about nationally today, the presidential election. Everybody remembers Dewey defeats Truman, the headline that was held up. Dewey didn't defeat Truman. Obviously, Truman won that. Truman grew up in a home without electricity. And what people don't realize is the defining issue of Truman's campaign was rural electrification. He got on a train and gave 337 speeches over 50, 100 days, a very short time. Many, many of those speeches mentioned rural electrification. And almost every place, every state Truman talked about rural electrification, he won. Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, to name a few, eight of the largest corn-producing states, he won. After the election, Tom Dewey wrote, The farm vote switched in the last 10 days, and you can analyze figures from now to kingdom come, and all they will show is that we lost the farm vote. And that's because of rural electrification. That's awesome. And now before I do my fun fact, I have to do a shameless plug for the vote.coop campaign. We are again trying to galvanize the rural vote and make sure that our elected officials know the power of rural voters. So if you are interested in showing your support for electric co-ops and and the rural communities we serve, go to www.vote.coop and uh, pledge to be a co-op voter. And that would make a great podcast topic as well. Yep. Oh, look, I just came up with another one. Uh, So anyway, my... uh, Fun fact is a little different this time. I was recently listening to a speaker, and he mentioned that Con Edison in New York has an area where they serve 5,463 meters per square mile. 
And so I thought I would do a similar analysis of our service territory here in Cherryland. And we serve about 24 meters per square mile. So talk about really kind of illustrating the difference between and some of the challenges between serving a rural community versus an urban community. We don't have the same needs. We don't look quite the same. Exactly. Very good. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for joining me. Happy to be here.